How wonderful to see the youth and all the stuff happening over there. Last week, how wonderful. If you were not here and you did not see the live stream, uh, all those people getting baptized. Come on. We do it in this church. We're going after lost people. And the thing is, though, it's so wonderful to see people moving from darkness into light. And so we saw such beautiful baptism. So congratulations for those who are baptized. And uh, we can come around you as a um, community. Uh, also, the Wednesday night a prayer meeting, last Wednesday night, uh, some of you were there, and what a powerful time. We particularly prayed for the evangelistic outreach last night. Young adults went to a meeting to be trained in, the, in personal evangelism. Uh, 12th of November, make sure that you find, I really want you to ask, to pray for somebody, to think about somebody bringing to the event. So important that we find somebody because it's going to be a big event. People like events in Christchurch. Everybody likes events. So a wonderful opportunity to invite somebody. I hear Jeremy Camp is coming too now. All these other artists are coming. Some of you know Jeremy Camp. And all these people from around the world will be there. So that's absolutely beautiful. So let's uh, make sure we're there for that time. And online too. God bless you. It's good to see you. Not, but you can see me, which is good. And, uh, but it's good to see you in spirit, right? <laughs> It's good to see you in spirit. Let's start with something funny. And I heard about this family who lived way back in the woods. And they never left their little town and never watched TV. One day they took a holiday to New York City. And the father was showing his son a famous skyscraper. They were so impressed. They were especially intrigued by the elevator. They did not know what it is. An elderly woman walked up and pressed the button and the walls opened up, and she stepped into this little room, and then the wall closed up again. And um, they stood there contemplating what they had just seen. Wow, what's going on here? A few seconds later, the wall opens up again, and a beautiful young 24-year-old steps out. <laughs> Almost in disbelief, the son said, Dad, what just happened? He says, I don't know, son, but get your mother. <laughs> You want to upgrade, go in the thing. No, the same woman, though. The same woman. Do I have to explain it? Thank you. I was just going to say. <laughs> Anyways, hey, today we've got to go, keep going because we've got two chapters because to, to, next week we do something else. And so we want to make sure that we finish Colossians and the book of Colossians. What a great journey this has been, right? Who has enjoyed Colossians? It's one of my favorite books in the Bible. Ephesians, Colossians, very similar books. And of course, Paul talks about it. In particular, he's trying to say to the people of Colossae who are kind of there, have some people around them who are trying to deceive them. There's some heresy around, particularly the Jewish uh, believers, some of those guys who are the Jewish kind of uh, uh, religious people who say, you've got to go back and you've got to do also some stuff from the Old Covenant. And there's the uh, Gnostics who say Jesus is not even uh, real in the sense that Jesus is um, not, not become a, a human being. He's only spirit. And of course, course totally denying the incarnation let alone Jesus coming to live inside of a person not possible so they, they have this deception so he makes sure that he really preaches the gospel that you see how Jesus is preeminent he is absolutely awesome he is the mystery that was um, concealed the mystery was hidden for ages but now revealed what is it Christ in you remember that the hope of glory that in Christ Jesus, the fullness of God dwells. Christ is God. He is creator. He's big. And so the thing is, though, and then above that, he talks about the fullness of God now has been put into your heart as a Christian by the power of the Holy Spirit. So now the fullness of God is in you. 
So now you know how to relate to the things that will come your way, the deceptions, because you know the truth and you will know something if it is not true. So he's really proclaiming the gospel to these people in this way. I tell you, the fullness of God dwelling in us. Come on, let's just make somebody happy this morning. God, the fullness of God, if you're a Christian, the fullness of God dwells in you by the Holy Spirit. It is so powerful. We've been made one with Christ, and we live from this beautiful union the rest of our lives. There's nothing like it. It is so incredibly beautiful. All life will flow from this beautiful place behind your puku, you know, this whole thing of the living waters, this place of heavenly realities, which is right here, not somewhere there, right here, your union with Christ once and for all. Powerful. So then he comes to the chapters 3 and 4. And as you know, with all of Paul's letters, the first part is always theology. Who is Christ? What he's done for you? Your identity and all this kind of stuff. And then the second part is always how then shall you live in the reality of this union with God. Now religion goes the opposite. Religion says they go to the back of the book. They start with the rules. They start with the behavior stuff. And say, this is what you have to do, blah, blah, blah. And they don't even understand this whole thing of new creation. They don't even understand living in union, so it becomes a behaviorism, a behavior modification type thing, all these rules and regulations. I tell you, then, then Christianity is reduced to a bunch of rules and regulations. And be honest with you, most of the world thinks like that. Being more honest with you, most of the church thinks that. And it's so sad because we fail miserably if we think it's all about that because you can't do it. You simply can't do it. Thanks for playing, by the way. It's wonderful. Thanks, Han. It's amazing, right? It's amazing. Thanks so much. Facing miserably. See, Christianity is not trying to be good. Christianity is living from a place of goodness that has been important, imparted into your life. It's a place of righteousness, holiness, and transformation from the inside. That's Christianity. Amen? It's so important. It's the opposite of religion. The opposite of what they're trying to tell us. Trying to be good. Trying to reach for something. Trying to be whatever you're trying to do. And then knowing that you've been changed from the inside out, then the only thing we do then as Christians is we align and we flow. We flow. Come on, say we flow. Say we flow. We're flowers. We're just flowers. We flow from this new reality of our union. We flow in our lives. Everything flows right out of your tummy right here. Into your brain. Changes your brain. Changes everything about you. But it's right here. It's in your body. It's in your spirit. It's inside of you. Expressing who you have become. I love this. Surrendering to the love that God has already put inside your born again spirit. Amen. So then we see last week, Josiah did a great talk last week uh, on Colossians uh, 3, 1 to 5. Just a little review here. Uh, verse 11. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. But Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not the things of earth. For you died. So last week, baptism. You died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Where Christ is now, where, where, sorry, when Christ who is your life appears, then you also appear with him in glory. We have been raised into new life. Amen. And now we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Our old self is dead, right? It's dead. Say, say it, I'm dead. Yeah, I'm dead. And then, <laughs> this sounds terrible. In church, what are you talking about? 
You're dead. You're dead because now Christ is your life. You are one with Christ Jesus. And you know of newborn and spirit, that's the real you. And so you'll be born into new life powerfully, wonderfully. Jesus now is my life. Verse 7, therefore, therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, which is sex outside of marriage. Uncleanness, passion. Evil desire, covetousness, which is adultery, first eight. Put off, again, put off all these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. These are all things of the earth. These are all things of the flesh. This is not expressing the love, the goodness, the life that God has put inside of you. Amen? That's the way it is. We're not the same. I love this in the Passion Translation. Feast, the first two, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Isn't it an amazing scripture? We are so distracted, even as Christians, we are so distracted by the flesh and by the nuances that are in the world and on Facebook and wherever in your life, this flesh that we can see and we can live in. And sometimes we forget that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are spiritual beings and God is calling us to live from heaven to earth. That's what Jesus prayed. May your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we always work from heaven to earth. You say, yeah, I'm on earth. Look, I'm, I'm right here. You know? Did you get a fright? Oh, yeah. Were you a little bit sleepy? <laughs> Things are, it's on earth. This is the earth right here. This is my flesh. This, that's, that's the earth, right? The thing is, though, is there's a spirit that is seated with Christ in heavenly places, one with him forever. That's the place to live from. Now, we just don't get it. It takes a long time. Honestly with you, the last couple of months, I've had more revelation on this again. And I've been doing this journey for many years now. Everything, everything is about union. Everything comes out of union with Christ. Everything comes out of union with Christ. See the heavenly places. And that's why we cannot stay the same. You cannot live the same. You are a new creator. You cannot live, you cannot be the same. And I see a lot of sameness around me. And I look at my own life and say, Gideon, there's a lot of sameness still there. There's a lot of fleshy stuff still around Smelled, and I said, well, we've got to barbecue this flesh, you know. Put on the barbie. Barbecue this flesh, because it's not doing any good. Praise you, Jesus. We're called to a different standard, people. A different life. We're kingdom people. We're sons and daughters of God. I don't give a beep, beep, beep what the world says about all this stuff. We are not from the world. We're in this world. We're not from this world. So we live from a different standard. The Bible is our source. The Holy Spirit is our witness. And he will guide us into all the truth, right? So let's go after this step all time. Amen? Amen. So therefore, everybody say therefore. Therefore. He goes from therefore because he's making an argument. Why? Paul's very good at arguing. It could be Dutch. Anyway, of course he's... It's actually, the, it's actually the Hebrews and the Dutch and the Scottish. I put that arguing. Uh, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, that's always first. Holy, you'll be made holy through Christ, right? And dearly loved by God. De therefore, because of that, clothe, clothe yourself 
with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bear with one another and forgive one another. If there's any grievances against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. We clothe ourselves with the new, which is not out there somewhere. It's on the inside. It's like kind of weird, you know. But you clothe yourself on the inside like that. Clothe yourself on the inside in this way, right? It's absolutely beautiful. Compassion, humility. It's all the fruit of the Spirit. It's all the fruit of your union with Christ himself. I wrote this down. It's living from the one who is one with you. I'll say it again. I quite like the line. Living from the one who is one with you. I want to talk about this for for a moment about forgiveness. Because here it says says here in the Bible that here it says it's the New Testament actually, the New Covenant. It talks about forgiveness. It says, now forgive as Christ has forgiven you. Now I still want to say it again because some of you are new to church and some of you just don't get it yet. Because I didn't get it for many years. Jesus says something else. Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer that if you don't forgive somebody else, the Lord will not forgive you. Well, that's pretty bad news. Because most of us do that. You're in big trouble if that's the truth for you right now. Big trouble. But that's not the new covenant. The new covenant is always the opposite. And the reason is because Christ is in between. The cross of Christ is in between. And because what happened on the cross of Christ is beautiful unity, that he took our sin upon himself, that he took our sin to the grave and rose victorious, and now this thing is forgiven, the world is forgiven, and you can step into that forgiveness by faith, that forgiveness is powerful. So now, in the new covenant, it's always living from forgiveness. And that's why it is relatively more easy to forgive people, because you know how you are forgiven. If you know how forgiving you are, thank you, Jesus. And you'll see it, by the way, in the scripture. He talks about thankfulness all the time. Thanking, 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 thanking. Because everything that Christ has done for us. And because of that, it's so wonderful. So now we can live from forgiveness. Forgiveness can flow out of us to other people. Because we know that we are forgiven. Forever. Some of you are happy about this? Can I have my drink, please, darling? So good. And over all of these things, put on love. Let's say it together. Put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. I use this as scripture always when I do a, 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 funeral, a funeral too, but also a wedding. Uh, do stuff like this. Perfect. You want perfect harmony? Put on love. Well, I'm just putting something. I want to put on love. It talks about clothing. So I'm going to put on love today. I put on love. And you think, well, that's very kids, Gideon. That's like very kids or whatever. I don't care. I love props. My grandfather was a great preacher. He had all these props always, more than I have, actually. And I remember the props right now. And that was like 50 years ago I went to his meetings, you know. He had all these props, you know. I'll never forget it. You'll never forget this. I hope you don't. He says, put on love. Put on love. Put on love. The most important thing that we will ever do as Christians and as human beings, but let's say as Christians right now, is to put on the love that God has put into your heart but in your born-again spirit. You've been born of love. You've been born of righteousness. You've been born of, 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 of happiness and of, 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 of peace and of joy. All the stuff you are born of, it's right here. Look behind. It's right here already. So he said, now clothe yourself in your attitude, in your lifestyle, and what you do, let it flow. My talk today is called Let Your Love Flow. Let your love, put it on. I love Galatians 5, 15, 14. 
For the whole law can be summed up in this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, all the commandments in the Old Testament, he says, I've got one new commandment, a new commandment I give you, only one. What is it? Love one another as I've loved you, right? That's all there's to it. I'll tell you something. If, we know, if love, perfect love, has no sin. You cannot sin if you have perfect love. It doesn't exist. God is perfect love, and that's why he's not sin. There's no sin in him. So we are called to become perfect love, right? It's the hardest thing in the world to not get offended and embittered and this anger and this. It's the hardest thing in the world, but we are called to become love. I love this in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So put your love on. Flow with the love of God. Surrender to love. It's a real challenge to my life. Surrender to love. Surrender to love, people. Let's surrender to love. I love this in the Passion Translation. For love is supreme and must flow. Everybody say flow. It has to flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. Oops. So my question then is to me and to you, how mature are you and I? Is the love really flowing or is there a lot of chips on your shoulder still? And you find it really, really hard to flow. Honestly with you, I've had this whole, this whole last couple of years. Honestly, it's been so hard for me because I had so many chips on my sh- shoulder. And there's not potato chips. You know, I love potato chips. But I'm talking about potato chips. I'm talking about chips. If somebody pushes the button and go, ah! Why do you push that button? Dave Vidal would say, why do you have that button? It's because I haven't been protected in love yet, right? It's the way it is. So what a challenge for all of us to become perfected in love. How mature are we as a church? How mature are you? How mature am I? Everything stands or falls with love. The whole purpose of Christianity is for you and I to become love. To become like Christ. He is love. And he makes it easy for us. Not like the Old Testament. That scripture that you read is the Great Testament, but it's the Old Testament. What's the greatest, what's the greatest commandment in the Old Love the Lord you got all your heart, mind, strength. But how do you do that? How much is love? How much is enough? It's old. The new is different. You love because he first loved us. Not only does he love me. Ah, God loved me. Jesus loved me. This I know. Not that stuff only. I'm talking about he puts it into your heart as an experience. You live in love. And now it encourages you. But now it encourages other people. And it should show in your whole life, in every part of your life. It should show, Right? so beautiful it's not something we strive for anymore we don't have to we flow say it again flow i want you to get i guess you do flow and love that's good then you can go home again flow and love if we get this we'll be a different church you'll be a different person at, at work you'll be a different husband different wife different family member different friend when am i going to take this off i don't know i thought about this when shall i take this off but i'm just having it on right now so i'll just keep it on I'm not going to take it off now, but I'm not going to. It continues. Verse uh, verse 15. 
He continues to express this love. He talks about peace now. Look at this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as mess, members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Always the whole thing about be thankful, right? About his peace. Peace is a function of love, right? Fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness. Yeah? Peace. Peace is love. It's the fruit of love. It is love. An expression of love, let's say it that way. So peace in your heart. The key thing is let. Everybody say let. Let. Let the peace of God. You know what let means? Let means allow. It means like give permission of peace in this heart. The Amplified is this, beautiful. Let the peace, soul harmony. Hey, that's, that's really cool in our church. Soul harmony. Right? Wonderful. Mind, will, and emotion. Soul harmony, which comes from Christ. Rule as an umpire. Continually in your heart, deciding and settling the finality of all questions that arise in your mind in a peaceful state to which as members of Christ, one body, you were called to live. Peace. Soul harmony. Let this rule your life. In the rule in the Greek is actually bra brabeo. Brabeo. And brabeo means to govern. Let this peace govern your life. Let it govern your life. It actually means also a deduction of this is be an umpire. And the AMP kind of got that. The Amplified. Be an umpire in your life. So an umpire, and when you go tennis, I was from tennis yesterday, the umpire will say right and wrong, right? They're basically trying to. So be that peace of God, this peace, this love of God, let it be your umpire to decide the things in your life. When things come at you and you've got to express these things in your life, let him umpire you. Let him help you to decide and enforce the rules and the, the guidelines and the principles and the morality in your life. Listen to God. If we don't listen to God, how on earth will we be guided by the Holy Spirit and be guided by peace? One of the main things that we want in this church is to be a presence church, which means the presence of the Holy Spirit, which means we allow, I mean, after the service, actually in the service still, but in a while we're going to have all the prophetic people here to release prophetic words over all of you. The thing is, though, we want to flow in the Holy Spirit. We also want to listen. Always listen, listen, listen. Where's the wisdom? Where's the peace? I don't have a peace about it. Well, don't do it then. Listen to the peace of God. Be led by the Holy Spirit. I always ask my wife certain things. Actually, a lot of things. And I should listen more to her, to be honest with you. But I'm so proud that sometimes I said, whatever, I want to do my own way, you know. It's just pride because she's actually right, you know. And some of you feel the same, right? She's always right. It's so irritating, you know. Right, Paul? So hard, man. So hard. So hard. Women have this intuition. It's just not, not fair. The sixth sense, you know. Just, this is unfair, you know. But anyway, it's, it is actually fair in the sense of God made us a helper, you know, because it's just not good enough. So, Adam, Eve, you need somebody to help you, man. Okay, one of the things to help you is like, I've got, I haven't got a peace. What do you think about this whole thing? Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel peace about it. Oh, yes, absolutely, Gideon. Fine. Great. Let's do it. We have all the, the in, in our church here, the elders and the, and the trustees, we talk about stuff and we pray about things. Is this the right way to go? Do we do this? Do, it, there's, a, there's a sense in the witness of the Holy Spirit, us together. We, led, we want to be led by the Holy Spirit all the time. We want to be, be a Holy Spirit-led church to make sure that we are led by God. Peace is a very big thing in this way, Paul is saying. And be thankful. I'm getting there. I've got to go faster. I love this. Quickly, I want to finish this, this book. 
I won't do the whole thing. Let the word of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach, admonish one another in all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing to God with gratitude in your heart. Again, the thankfulness in your heart. Very interesting that Paul uses here. One of the only places in the New Covenant that he talks about praise and worship and songs like this, right? But he caught it in the context of teaching and preaching. Guys, song singing that we're doing is not the song singer because we're happy because song makes you feel a little bit, you tap your little, that's actually quite a little church here, you know, you tap your little thing, a nice little thing. Not about that, guys. It's about worshiping God, absolutely, and we should worship God with all of our heart. But I'll tell you something else, it's also teaching the Word of God in our lives. Because the songs have got theology, and when you put a tune to it, you remember it. There's stuff that you don't remember, but when you put a tune to it, hey, suddenly I remember this. Now, sometimes we don't, we, we actually go through songs here, and if it doesn't sound theologically right, we change it. We just do it because it's just old covenant. You can't say that. So we actually change words. You don't even know, but we do. Uh, you know. Or we don't sing them because just, you can't do it. Love this song. I love this song. It's just wrong theology. So I'm not going to sing it. So theology, song singing, worship is so important because it's got theology in it. And Paul's saying this here. It will also help to admonish and teach the Bible in each other's life. Theology is so wonderful. Speaking the truth in song. The world has the same. Every time I go to a game here, they sing all these old songs. Neil Diamond. Why are you doing this all the time? They love it, you know. They love these songs because they're so old. Even the young people don't even know who Neil Diamond is. Like he's 70 or 80 or years old. Hi, Caroline. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, it's unbelievable. Why can't you sing a new song? No, go back to the old. You know, one of my favorite songs is Ebba. I'm not, I'm not a massive Ebba fan, but, you know, for those who are, know. But I love it. I'm going to cry if I sing it. I'll, I'll, I'll speak it. No, not Mamma Mia. It's Thank You for the Music. Thank you for the music, the song I'm singing. Thanks for all the joy they're bringing. Who can live without it, I ask in all honesty. What, what would life be without a song or a dance? What are we? So I say thank you for the music, for giving it to me. And I also thank God. I always thank God for the songs. It could be a Christian song. I don't even know if they were Christians at the time or that the song is a Christian thing. I don't care. But the thing is, oh, for me, it's a Christian song. I say thank you for the music, the song I'm singing. Thank you for all the joy it brings to my life. You go into my car, I'm just crazy. I always have the music very, very loud in my car. I always praise and worship and just go for it. I can't get enough. I can't get enough. I love praising and worship. It is so important in our lives. And it's got so much theology. As you sing, as you worship, you actually speak the truth of God. So let's please understand, it's not this nice little song singing that we're doing in church. It's very declarative. It's very powerful. Amen? So good. Whatever you do indeed, and all the things of the Lord, blah, 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 all good. Uh, that everything that you do in the name of Jesus, right? That's all good, yeah. That's, that was uh, verse 17. I've got to be quicker now. And then we go to the loving relationships. I'll go quickly through this one too. I'm not going to have a debate with you. I'm not going to have whatever with this whole thing because it can be very, very controversial, this verse. But I'll tell you something else in this verse. Everything that talks about women, uh, wives and husbands and, uh, and, 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 and workers and, and things, all has to do how do we express love. Because there's a theme here. What is love? Wife, submit to yourself to your husband. No, it's not. It's mutual submission. Don't worry. As it is fitting for the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children. For they'll become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it. Not only when their eye is on you, but to carry their favor, but also with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. 
I mean, there's a whole sermon in here, but I don't have enough time for it. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working unto the Lord. Amen? Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Guys, in the whole thing of working, whatever you do, I do this, you do something else. You may be a worker, a plumber, a whatever you are, a teacher. And the thing is, though, everything that we do is for the Lord, right? Everything do is unto the Lord with grateful hearts and beautiful attitude. And that's what she's talking about here right now. I want to, talk, I want to quickly say that the, 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 when he talks about here that the, the center or the bottom, uh, the foundation of this is all about loving relationships. That we prefer one another in love. Whatever situation, whatever relationship you have with your work, with your spouse, with your children, it's a loving, encouraging, non-condemning relationship. Actually, I love in the passion. You know the passion. Some people knock the passion. I don't know why people knock the passion. I think it's one of the best translations there is. It's not paraphrased. I'm so sorry. It is not. I'll tell you why it's so good. Because in the Greek, they have words that they do. And the thing is, though, the Hebrew, the whole language of the Hebrews is not words. It's concepts. So the thing is, though, we completely miss concepts because it become very, even like rule-like even sometimes, because the thing is, though, that's not the nuances of what he's actually trying to say. And Brian, in the Passion Translation, has done it a lot better, in my view, than that. So please don't knock the Passion Translation, because it actually, in some ways, I think, reveals better the heart of God for humanity than the others do. Just let you know. Now here, I think it's a very good example, and I'm going to finish with this, in verse 18, that every wife be supportive and tenderly devoted to her husband, for this is a beautiful illustration of our devotion for Christ. Well, that sounds better, right? It's mutual submission, but it's like the whole love. It's all about love. Because you love God, that's why you love your wife. Husband, let every husband be filled with cherishing love for his wife and never be insensitive. Let children respect and pay attention to their parents in everything that pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not have realistic expectations for your children or else they'll be discouraged. Love has to flow. And then he finishes with, in the next chapter, with a whole bunch of stuff at the end, which is not very interesting. It's just about greetings, which is fine, but you can do it in your own time. But then the main thing he comes back to again in, in, in chapter 4 is this one here. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Everything's with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God will open up the door for us to speak the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains and blah, blah, blah. The thing is, though, prayer, he comes back in the end here again to union. He says, guys, the prayer, our prayer ministry, our prayer time with God has to be number one in our lives. And I'm being drawn in that more and more. I'm quite activated, so I'm quite hard to sit still. I find it quite hard. It's just one of those things. Some of you love sitting still, and, uh, but I don't. And so for me, I'm learning the whole community. I'm learning this whole thing. But the thing is, though, the prayer time is number one. Because like I said before, this is where we celebrate our union with God. This is where all the life from, comes from. So it's very, very important. Jesus has to be first in our lives. All our life flows from this union. But also pray for your family. As you know, I, every morning, this morning again, I take communion every morning without fail. And what I do is I pray and I declare health and well-being and prosperity of my children. Always my wife first, my children, my mother, my brother, all those guys. Then I go for the sick people that I know. Then I go for you guys and do that every, every morning. I know that my life is blessed because I do that. Is it a formula? No. Yes. We're not into formulas, but we are into relationship. And the thing is, though, when we do this, I'll tell you something. I've still got this thing on. Take it off. 
Thank you for the music, the song I'm singing. Thanks for all the joy. I love music. Anyway, union. Pray. Pray. Pray for the people that you're going to bring to the Franklin Graham. Pray for your employer. Pray. Release the power of God. Declare. When you declare, things start shifting. Again, it's not a talk on prayer, but he finishes with this. It's so important, amen, that we come and we have this life of prayer. Amen? Man, I've said a lot today, so I wanted to just finish with this whole thing. We're done now. Isn't it amazing? So, Father, thank you for this amazing book. Lord, we're just so amazed by Jesus that the fullness of God dwells in Jesus and that Jesus dwells in us by the power of his Holy Spirit. Lord, that we have been born again by uncorruptible seed. Let the goodness and the love and the peace and the joy of the Holy Spirit lives in us. Lord, we're so thankful. We're so grateful for what you have done. Lord, the mystery that was there but now revealed Christ in us, the hope of glory. And Lord, we want to say that we want to flow out of this life. We want to flow this love, this peace, this joy that you have. Lord, we want to be flowers. We want to be flowers in our life so we can flow into the world, into our neighbors, into our families, Lord, so we can be an encouragement and a strength to each one of them, Lord. May your life come through that, Lord, and also for our own minds and everything that we do. Lord, today we want to surrender to love. I feel like maybe first for a moment, can you maybe for a moment as in a response to this message, maybe, maybe just take a minute just to say, how can I respond to this love? Maybe there's an attitude thing that has to be reshaping in your life. Maybe there's some kind of anger or unforgiveness or addiction or and say, Lord, I just want to give this to you. I want your love to flow. I want to surrender this thing to you that life may come and that freedom may come. Can we just take a minute just by yourself? Lord, we really want to become love. We want to become like you, Jesus. We're already like you in our spirit, but we want our mind and our soul to match, to catch up. So, Father, thank you, even for this one thing that we will change in our lives, in the flow of the Holy Spirit. We surrender, Lord, to your love.